everyone. Welcome to Home From Home, a podcast where we answer your questions with our experiences and questionable advice. We're just two guys who like guys but love God. This is a safe place for real conversation. We'll talk about the highs and lows of life as a disciple with added baggage. Can we help you with that? Welcome to your Home From Home. In this episode, we talk about co-ed confidence and a deeper discussion on exploring and celebrating sexuality as a Christian. Stick around and welcome to your home from home. We're here. We're live. Hello. How are you, Topher? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a bit sick, but I don't know where I've got this cold from Uh seeing that I've been wearing a mask everywhere. It's not Corona, I promise. Um, I trust but, you. Yeah. So, you know, that's just me. That's life. And I always get sick around this time anyway. So, oh, do you? Is it like a seasonal thing? Yeah. You know, I guess maybe in California you wouldn't understand, but I just get the sniffles <laughs> and a bit blocked up and whatever. So, tis the season. It reminds me of Christmas. But yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. No, I mean, believe it or not, I do understand. I think around this time, I also tend to get a little sick. And for me, it just manifests in like, I feel a little like a stuffy nose and a headache, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but I've been getting headaches lately. But I think it's also um, I was at the doctors because I was like, I'm getting headaches a lot. And they're like, well, you're also working from home staring at a screen all day. So that, you know, doesn't help. So they yeah. they weren't too concerned about it cuz I was like but it's like it's been getting cuz I've always struggled with headaches but it's been getting like a lot more lately but that's what they were oh, telling gosh. me just because our you know the the routines are switched up and then I work from home so I'm literally on mm. the computer for 8 or 9 hours and they go yeah our eyes weren't meant to focus intensely on a computer screen for that long so it's no wonder you're getting headaches so they're like just make sure to take more breaks and go for walks and like take a break from staring at a screen, look out the window and don't focus on anything in particular. So that's helped a little bit. But yeah, I've been getting um, some headaches. But that would make a lot of sense. Maybe that's why I've got this headache because I'm just like, I mean, at work, I just stare at the screen all day, obviously, and don't really take a lunch. So it's just kind of looking at the screen. But maybe I need to take a good break. Yeah, yeah. So taking breaks, our 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 eyes aren't meant to intensely focus on something for long periods of time. Because if you also think about it, an eye is a muscle. So they're saying that those kind of headaches are like a muscle strain. So your eyes getting tired. Mm, that makes so. a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, there's a good thing that we're doing a podcast, so you listeners never need to see our ugly faces. You can just <laughs> instead. You could just um, listen to our. Us. Yeah, you could listen to our somewhat attractive voices we've gotten some comments about the voice tofer's voice and how it's uh smooth like butter oh stop well do you know what some of my friends here just told me how posh i am and i didn't think i was posh you know but um because i'm from essex which is like further out in london but um but they were like just how posh posh i am compared i mean compared to people up north in england then yeah that makes sense but i was like oh no maybe i am posh are, are people um, in London considered posh? Well, Northerners will just consider Southerners posh. Okay. Um, and then I would consider like people in London, like from Chelsea and that kind of background, like posh. But I wouldn't see myself as posh, but then maybe I am posh. 
I've been watching The Crown recently and I'm obsessed. <laughs> I've so, heard so much about that show. My gosh, I've I put it off for so long and then finally I got around to it. I was like, you know what? I love Olivia Coleman. I love The Crown. I love the story of Princess Diana. Well, I mean, Princess Diana just in general. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm going to I'm going to go through it. And honestly, it's just been incredible. And there's so much in British history that I just had no idea happened. But yeah. it's made me posher. And I'm also dreaming of myself as a monarch, which oh. is kind of um, weird as well. So. I support that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I'll help you. Good... I'll help you with usurping the uh, the queen. Well, I could never because now I'm just so in love with her. She's a tough lady. Tough cookie she is. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, I wonder, has that show, does that show have great ratings in the UK? Does it have... Oh yeah, like good ratings. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if it, because it's like I've heard a lot of a lot of the people that I I know like watch it aren't in the UK. So I'm just wondering if like the majority of the audience is in the UK because it's like you know the UK royal family or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's always been like a real intrigue, I guess, of the royal family in America. Yeah, um, there's just been an intrigue in like in like the UK in general. Because we even like Doctor Hugh is really straight, uh, really huge out here too, uh, and I know a lot oh, of people I grew who up like on that. Yeah. yeah, and I know a lot of people who watch like uh, stuff on BBC and stuff. Um, mm. You know, and like Downtown Abbey and the Peaky Blinders and yeah. just stuff that. Did you say Downtown Abbey? I did. <laughs> it's Downton, but yeah. I, oh, Downton. I love that though. I'm sorry. Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our uh, our podcast where we just talk about British culture and TV shows for five minutes. Yeah, well, we do have good TV shows, but I mean, you do. Um, you guys you make do. good movies too. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're we make it in movies and some shows too. Like we do have shows that we like make. Okay, fine. But but yeah. you know, I I do like. I just think you know british uk history is just so fascinating when i was in london i did a lot of like the historical walking tours just learning about the the history of the city of london and it's fascinating yeah i should do that i don't even know the history of london really you don't learn about like your history in school and stuff somewhat but maybe not in an interesting way but the crown is teaching me my history and so i'm very grateful for that well there you go should we dive in let's dive in we're about to dive in. Okay. I don't, it's a song. Is that a song? Or it is. It, it is. Don't don't listen to that song. That song is bad. But I just like every time I hear dive in, that's what I think of. It's a Trey song, but song, but don't don't look it up. <laughs> Anywho, oh um, we're gonna dive into the questions. So the very first question that we have, uh, I think is an interesting one. So let's let's go. It says, I would really love to have a close friend in the kingdom that is also same-sex attracted. While I don't know any females in my surrounding area that are open about their same-sex attraction, I do have a good male friend that is. What are your thoughts on having someone of the opposite gender being your confidant when it comes to your SSA struggles? Mm, great question. Thank you for submitting it, listener. And um, yeah, I think I agree. I think it's a great thing to have a close friend. That sounds great. And I know it's that's difficult if you don't know anyone who's kind of open about it or out about it in your surrounding like ministry or small groups or whatever. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's an amazing that you have a good um, male friend who is, and I have. Yeah, I have some great friends who are same sex attracted and female, and so and they're friendships that I really cherish and women that I really respect and have so much to learn from. So I think like having that friendship is like clearly such a blessing yeah. and something that could be really useful. Those are some initial thoughts. I don't know what you think, Thomas. Yeah. I mean, just having a friend um, who you can talk to about those things is so important. Like, and I don't, I don't necessarily know right away if, if the gender of that friend should really matter. Um, you know, because I think it's better than, than not having someone, but I would recommend having somebody who is female, who is same sex attracted in your life, because although like, you know, your male friend can understand typically same sex attracted and same sex attraction in male and female is a little different. And so for certain specific things, I think it's good to have female friends that are, that are same sex attracted. If you're a female, like for me, I have a, I have female friends who I talk to about it. One of them has dealt with same sex attraction. Uh, another, uh, another couple of them don't, but I talk to them about things, but it's also just different than having a friend, you know, having a guy friend who's same sex attracted, who I could talk about, like having Topher or having, you know, other people in my life who, uh, one of the mentors in my ministry who is also same sex attracted. It, it's just a different relationship. And there's, uh, certain things that you can share more openly, I think. And, there might be mm. more of a common experience um, mm. because in general, and, and this is definitely a, a generalization, typically female same sex attraction tends to be a little bit more emotional and, and might have some issues with being an emotional attraction and, and not good boundaries and, and just different, like a very like companion, very emotional things. Well, men same-sex attraction tends to be very sexual and very lustful not saying that men can't have an unhealthy emotional connection to another man or that a woman can't be lustfully attracted to other women um that's just technically how it how it is um and so you know i think it's good to have both ideally but you know mm. i would say you know having someone who's male is better than nothing you know <laughs> yeah yeah i would agree i think both is good and i mean the thing to just be careful of with these like as amazing as this kind of friendship can be and similarly like we've said like there's friendships that we have that we really cherish with the opposite gender who are same-sex attracted like there are there are differences i mean calling back to that episode we did with morgan there are really big differences between male same-sex attraction and female same-sex attraction. Our bodies are completely different. Our brains are wired differently. And there's different pressures, different expectations. Um, there's a lot of things which are harder for men, a lot of things are harder for women. And those kind of things, like, I, I find those conversations so interesting and so valuable and something that we should actually have more. And I think there should be more dialogue between people who deal with male same-sex attraction and female same-sex attraction, because mm -hmm. there's a lot we can mm -hmm. learn from each other. And sometimes we can really easily just divide, um, like, ah, no, men speak with men, women speak with women. And I, mm -hmm. I think there, mm -hmm. there could be more collaboration. So I do think that's great. And I think invest in that friendship. But I think at the same time, this can maybe something that's just I notice myself, um, 
I just know for me, at least spiritually, when I'm talking at a real, like a really real vulnerable level, like rock bottom vulnerable, um, I'm a lot quicker to get that vulnerable with men as opposed to with women. Mm. Um, I don't know why that is. It could be cultural, but I think part of it, I think just from how I've noticed in my own church, like the dynamics that there can be with guys and with girls is sometimes it can actually be quite easy if you're struggling spiritually to just to the other women in the church to just present that you're all right. And the guys may know you're finding things difficult, but to the women, maybe it's different. And I've seen that vice versa. Like um, um, a girl could be struggling um, with their relationship with God and it still can be quite easy for her to present very spiritual and doing completely fine to the guys, whilst Mm. maybe some of her closer girlfriends would know what's going on. Um, I think sometimes that can happen. So I think that's just something to be aware of is whoever this friend is, whether male or female, like like if they're going to be your confidant, are they a really safe place? And they're in a really secure position spiritually as well. And that may just be, I may be clutching at straws here, but I think sometimes I do see that is to the opposite gender, we can present more of an image sometimes as opposed to just the complete reality of how things are and so that's just something to be aware of in your friendship too like do you really know how things are going like really deeply in his life and does he really know things in your life and maybe those things are things that you actually don't feel that you know i think just consider some of those things yeah no that totally makes sense um and i think even speaking to what you said about you feeling just more deeply vulnerable with guys i think it is a cultural thing um because i know in my church right like we're very quick to divide like especially when it comes to like sexuality issues or body issues there it's very very quick to divide okay men go speak with men and women with women you know what i mean Mm, um mm, in fact there was an old joke about you know back in my campus days uh, if we were having a separate men's midweek with another separate women's midweek, there was a joke of being like, oh, the guys are going to talk about purity again. You know, like that's the, <laughs> that was just the joke of and and usually that's what it was about. Um, so I think we just learn that dynamic. If people don't know that you're same sex attracted and that it's an innocent relationship, there might be that outside looking of like, oh, they're spending an awful lot of time together is that healthy? Do they like each other? So it's a weird thing to navigate. So I think for you, listener, just, you know, continue to navigate it. I think it's good to have that friendship, but also, um, you know, try your best to look for women. Um, and if you really want women, people who you can talk to about it, join Strength and Weakness. Like they have a really great women's uh, support group. They have a lot of women on there who can help you navigate that. So Strength and Weakness is a really great uh, support if you feel like you can't find anyone in your surrounding area. And that's the great thing about Strength and Weakness is that it's online so you can connect with people from all over the world. Yeah. Quick little plug there. <laughs> <laughs> next question yes next question okay it says do you think it's possible to explore your sexuality as a disciple if so what would it look like Mm. 
simple. <laughs> yeah, uh, you would think, right? You would think that's that's a simple <laughs> question. I think my immediate like question, like if we could if we could have a an exchange, right? I know it's kind of hard to do this in this kind of a format, but if we could have an exchange, um, I would really ask what it means, what you mean by explore, because that could be that can mean a lot of different things, right? Uh, like yeah. exploring sexuality could be like, well, should I go, you know, if I'm a man and I want to explore my sexuality, should I go try to date men and women and sleep with men and women? That's exploring, right? So I would just say with your question, the immediate thing that I could say is just, it depends on what you mean by explore and be careful. If you mean by like asking the questions and trying to figure out why you're attracted to what you're attracted to, because you've noticed that you're attracted to either someone of the same sex or someone of the opposite sex and you want to ask those questions and dig deeper, I say yes. If if you explore meaning like dating and 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 you know what I mean? Like I I, I guess it just it it depends. It depends. What do you what do you think about that, Topher? Hmm. I think it's a great question because, um, yeah, I think it's essential exploration of sexuality. It is. Um, yeah. I agree with what you're saying, Thomas, that like as a disciple, is it possible to explore your sexuality as in like go sleep with different people and try out lots of crazy things? No, I don't think it is possible to do as a disciple, but that's your decision. If you want to, you know, if you want to leave and and go explore, then you you are in your own right to do that. I mean, obviously, there's right a lot of consequences personally, spiritually, and I don't know many things, mostly with your relationship with God. Um, but you're in your right to do that. Maybe not as a disciple, though. Um, there's a like making Jesus Lord. There's a kind of commitment there to following what the biblical sexual ethic is. I think that's actually really important, though. Is actually both exploring our own sexuality, but exploring what biblical sexuality is about too. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, sexuality is like big and there's many things about it. And I think something that we can do, men often like to do it a lot, but maybe women like it too, is we just like to put things in boxes and quickly put a label on it. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew I was same-sex attracted when I was quite young, but now when I'm older, like... It's good for me to actually re-question, am I still same-sex attracted? The answer is yes. But <laughs> like you kind of, you want to have these moments of like checking in and thinking, well, you know, because you can just tell yourself, this is what I'm, this is what I am. This is what I'm attracted to, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's that black and white. I think um, it is a spectrum. And I think it's something that can change with time, with different influences, different experiences. So yes, I think it's important for us to question our own sexuality. Um, and I think there is a safe way of doing that as a disciple, but I don't know what you think. They also asked what that would look like. So I don't know what you think, Thomas, about that. Yeah, I think I like, I like what you said, Topher, about like reading about what the Bible sees sexuality as and intimacy as, because, and I mean, I've spoke about this before. I think just society's view of sexuality and intimacy is very twisted, um, and mm. it's not, it's not what it was originally designed to be, you know what I mean? And I think mm -hmm. that that kind of just happens. And, and, and today's society is very much a everything goes kind of a society, you know, everything is okay. Everything is valid. Everything is, you know, which, which is to an extent is true. Like your feelings 
what you are feeling, you're feeling those. So therefore those feelings are valid. You know, like we can't tell you what to feel or what to experience. Yeah. I think it's, it's just asking the questions and doing the research and uh, looking at what the Bible says, asking trusted people in your life of like, Hey, this is what I'm feeling, or this is what I'm noticing. What do you think? And, you know, I, I honestly wish that the church talks about sexual, uh, would talk about sexuality more because I think it's such an important aspect of human beings. Like as a counselor, right, we talk about how important sexual needs and sexuality is, and there are ways in counseling mm. to explore that. Now that's a little bit different as a disciple, right? The processes and things would look a little bit differently, but I just think having the church enter that conversation about sexuality more than just it's between man and a woman and you wait until marriage, like accepting ourselves now as sexual beings with sexual desires and sexual wants, like that's important, you know, because Mm. I think sometimes we're just so quick to be like, oh, if I'm lusting or I'm, I'm feeling sexual attraction, that's less and it's evil and it's bad. And I'm a bad person for feeling these things and everything is bad and everything's evil. Um, but I also think that, you know, there's a beauty to it as well. Like God created these desires for a reason. Um, and we we're made to be sexual. We're made to express love. Now, there's a way to kind of figure out what your body is and, and and doing those things in a healthy way without, you know, and I, I just think that the church should enter that conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a really good point. I think that the church should be more involved in this kind of dialogue because I think we often do just see it as black and white of like, you know, you know, the, like men should be attracted to women, women should be attracted to men. And yes, like maybe that is the standard or maybe that is the expectation, but is that the reality like it's kind of undeniable that there is a spectrum of feelings there, like in how people feel and experience things today. So we should kind of be appropriate in the way we talk about it then and, and like allow those kind of conversations to happen. Yeah. The only thing I would add is I do think, yes, the church can be more involved. Should we wait for the church to catch up? No, you like go for it yourself. Um, like I think it's super important for you to just be real to check in with yourself i think like i was saying look at what biblical sexuality is i think something that's really interesting to me is not only what okay what does look christian sexuality look like um it's kind of actually like well what is it what's even god's intentions beyond that or behind that and um mm -hmm. and who we are mm -hmm. and i think i've been reading a lot of c.s lewis as i often am and something that's really stuck with me especially very this British. week yeah has been um just his idea of like that we were created creatures and now through God we've mm. become adopted sons or adopted daughters like and the oh. difference between that there's a very different way of living as something created by God to being something which is kind of an heir of God a son or a daughter of God and they're, they're, mm. they're, that's mm. a very different relationship mm -hmm. and and I think our sexuality changes from there as well um, we go from something which is very based on instinct, very based on preference, on desire, to something which is somehow more profound, somehow more controlled, yet somehow more fulfilling. I don't know. I can't say exactly what that new kind of sexuality looks like under 
like being in that unity with God, but I think it's something even better. That's what I have hope for. So like, let's work that out together. And I think for yourself, try work out, okay, well, what what does God's sexuality look like for me? There's so many ways to be excited about it. And God intended sex for a reason, our sexuality for a reason. Um, But I think there's there's room for exploration so but yeah i think it's a cool thing to discover and for sure you can do that as a disciple Oh, this listener has listened to our request and put hearts in their question. So we had to answer this question because there was hearts in it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're setting a precedent now. Yeah, it's a precedent. (laughs) Uh, I personally struggle with feeling attracted to all genders, but in an emotional way, but also certainly feel a connection to demisexuality, which by the way, we looked up. Demisexuality means that you're only attracted to someone after forming an emotional connection with them. Mm. So tidbit of information there i'm working on put uh trying to put my identity in christ rather than who i am attracted to and how but was wondering if it sends the wrong message to celebrate or have pride in being asexual or demisexual like how many people in the lgbt plus uh community celebrate their sexual attractioners gender identity does it send a message of approval for these lifestyles if i also celebrate my asexuality I want to try to be the best examples for others and find my identity in Christ. Love this show so much. Oh, thank you, listener. We love you too. Yeah. Well, this is a great question. And it's great to hear about your journey. And maybe this is also a great example for previous listener of someone exploring their sexuality as a disciple. So Mm -hmm. you guys should be friends. Um, And then you can be friends with the first listener who's trying to find someone. Wow. It all links back. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. So we've talked about this a bit, uh, well, actually quite a bit, about this idea of gender identity or sexual identity and how that relates mm-hmm. to our identity in Christ and the differences between those things and why an identity in Christ is maybe supersedes our previous understanding of identity. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a follow-up then to the previous question. Okay, so if you've explored your identity, your sexual identity, um, then and you find something and you find a label you find a i don't know whatever which you find kind of comfort in or you find accurately describes yourself then what do you do with it like do you celebrate it because then the question which uh, our listener is asking if you then celebrate this sexuality or this gender identity or whatever does that mean you're proving of the lifestyle or you're sending the wrong message in some way which i appreciate that they want to be the best example for others and so because i think often if we just think about ourselves Mm -hmm. if we just think about ourselves then it's really easy to just do what feels good so i appreciate that even though what may just feel good and natural which is just yeah just go for it just celebrate it own it whatever like that you want to be careful of your example to others that takes maturity and um and love really so i appreciate that but um yeah maybe before we go into it more what do you think what are your thoughts yeah i think this just shows i mean even doing the research into what demisexuality is and asexuality and all these things right i think it it's just showing that sexuality can be something quite complex 
and it and it is something on a on a spectrum and and I think that's why exploration is important and doing that inward work of of like who am I what do I believe what do I feel these things like that's important in terms of celebrating it I I even question what that means by celebrate it, right? So it's like, if by celebrate it, you mean honoring it and giving it space, like, okay, this is how I feel. This is how I'm going to navigate my life. You know, I don't, in terms of asexual or demisexuality, like, I don't necessarily at first think that I don't think that that's bad. You know, like you feeling like really the lack of desire for a sexual relationship or sexual intimacy, unless you build a good emotional a connection with them i mean i think that's quite healthy you mm. know and and but i do think it it brings up a good question just in general of what does celebrating our identities look like mm. um, and ultimately how can we surrender that to god and, and to jesus because i mean we, we've talked about this in a lot of podcasts of how ultimately like for me right i'm i'm same-sex attracted I'm just as attracted to women as I am to men, but that's not my identity. My identity is in Christ. My identity is not who I'm attracted to. You know, my identity is whose I am. And the answer to that is I'm God's, I'm Christ's, I'm I'm God's son. So that's what my identity is. Um, so it's, it's really a, a, a tricky question. Yeah. I mean, I can't claim to know the answer either. I think what we can talk about is the heart behind all of this and um yeah and i think ultimately like love who you are and celebrate who you are and god made you who you are for a reason and we have all these different qualities and traits and quirks and some of them came when we were born and some of them came afterwards or whatever we're just a mishmash of so many different factors and god loves us and chooses to say that we are special and are desirable and incredible the way that we are because of who he's made us to be. And ultimately, I would take the biggest pride in that. So, like, I think the question is really, like, I mean, yeah, should we take pride in our sexuality or should we take pride in our gender identity and all these things like yeah i guess you can take pride in those things like you can take pride in various things about yourself i don't know maybe you're good at sports maybe you're you find you think that you're attractive <laughs> maybe um i don't know you think you're really intelligent or you're good with people whatever like there's certain there's loads of qualities about yourself where you could be like oh i take pride in that about me but like i think the whole part about being a disciple and finding your identity in Christ is like all those things are so insignificant compared to who God says we are. And so mm. ultimately, yeah, if you want to go for it. But I think if you're asking what would be a bad example, I think a bad example is if you put just as much pride in your sexuality as your relationship with God or in who God says you are. Like, I think a good example is you make it clear that, yeah, I'm like this and I own it and I'm grateful for that and that's me. But then also who God mm -hmm. says I am is worth so much more than any of those things. And like yeah. I think that's a great example to to go after. It's not an easy example because we want to have our identity and pride in really tangible things. But let's try our hardest, I guess, to to put our identity in what our creator thinks of us, which is so much more profound somehow. So, yeah.
No, I totally agree. I mean, I even look at my same-sex attraction, and I think it took me a while to feel this way, but I actually am very grateful for it because it's taught me so much. Mm. You know, it's taught me so much about me, about God, about people. Um, and, you know, I think it it's taken me to depths of my relationship with people and, and relationship with God in a way that, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't be there if I wasn't same-sex attracted. Um, so I celebrate that, you know, and I, and I give honor of that. And I say, yeah, like, I'm grateful for this piece of me, but it's only a piece of mm. me. You know, it's only a part of who you are. Like, we are so much more than what we're attracted to. We're so much more than our sexuality. Um, we're, we're a whole person. Um, and, you know, there's something about when God, when we decide to follow Jesus and we decide to, um, you know, give up to him and be baptized and all those things, right? He creates us as a new creation. And not saying that we don't still have the same preferences or the the things that we had before, because that's not true. But he just makes us whole, a whole and complete person. Mm. And the way that he views us is some someone who's perfect, who's clean, who's just this whole complete person. Th- that's something that I'm coming to terms with um, and, and coming to grips with. So um, hope that helps, listener. I know it's not. A lot of these questions aren't necessarily black or white answers no they're just us rambling on about things that we have small insights into but not really much knowledge at all <laughs> right right deep mysteries of christ you know yeah exactly We're called deep mysteries for a reason but we'd love to hear more of your thoughts so please like for you and for anyone like your own journeys or your own explorations like please let us know even what does it mean for you to have identity in christ like um please share yeah. but i think that's all we have time for today right that is all we have time for so we're gonna get going but guys we just want to say thank you so much uh for continuing to listen to us to continuing to show us support um we are having our parents uh and family episode soon so if you haven't had the chance to send in those questions please send them in um and we also i think this would be a little bit of a time if it's okay with you Topher, just to talk about um, we're going to be transitioning in a little bit. So there, there's going to be a few week break for holidays. Um, you know, Christmas is coming up Christmas and, is coming. and we wanted to do some planning. Yes. Yeah. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Driving home anyway, for Christmas. Uh, where in your case, you're flying, aren't yeah. you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> anywho, um, you know, so Christmas is coming up and the holidays and we wanted to make sure that we really take some time to be with our families and to reflect, but also do some planning for you guys. We have some really exciting stuff next year that we want to do for you guys. And we want to make sure that this podcast is continuing to uh, give you guys life and, and, and give you guys uh, what you come here for. So uh, we are going to be taking um, a small hiatus where the, the parent and family episode might be will most likely be our last episode for a few weeks so uh we just wanted to let you guys know that now so if you don't see a episode from us you're not left wondering or left in the dark or think that we don't care about you guys because we actually do love you guys quite a lot okay and with those quick announcements that is it thank you guys for coming we will talk to you later bye tofer bye bye thomas thank you for listening to home from home 
If you'd like to hear more from us, subscribe as we'll be answering new questions each week. We'd love to hear your questions. Please submit through the link in the description. Home From Home is sponsored by Strength and Weakness Ministries, a Christian organization that helps to bridge the gap between the Christian community and the LGBTQ community through awareness, education, and support. For more info and resources, go to strengthandweakness.org.